Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So, it's been less than a month, and we're already having another episode. That's incredible. It's amazing. It's amazing what you can do when you actually have a car. Cars cars are important. <laughs> we do have the internet, but... Yeah, it's not conducive to my current living situation, <laughs> but... Um, no, so yeah, we're, we're going back to our every other week schedule, hopefully, because now we're entering towards the holidays, so who knows how that'll screw everything up, but... Very special holiday episodes. Yeah, totally. Where we talk about Overwatch Halloween skins or something like that. Uh, yeah, I haven't even touched... I haven't touched Overwatch since, I think, last Halloween. Yeah. So, uh, but now we're going to be talking about, instead, another shooter that's popular for its online play, Destiny 2. I was going to say Counter-Strike. No. We're not talking about Counter-Strike? I mean, if we wanted even fewer people to tune in. <laughs> I, was, I was all set to talk about Counter-Strike. And now we're talking about Destiny. All right, all right, all right. I've I, I played a little bit, so I, I think oh, yeah, I can talk bit, about it. A little, little bit. bit. Um, actually, in truth, you've probably played more than me, considering I'm the... I started the clan, and I'm the lowest level member. Well, no, my brother is, but he got it late. Right. So, still, um, yeah, we, we've, of course, been playing Destiny 2. This episode is going to be all Destiny 2. I guess maybe well, that, except for spoilers, I need, but... I'll need yeah. to work in a Witcher 3 reference at some point. No, you won't. Okay. Anyway, let's just keep going and I'll so, work it in. All right, let's uh, serious talk though. Um, again, may might be some spoilers, but there's not really much to really spoil with the story. Like there is technically more story, but it's still just if if anything, it feels more like okay, it's a video game story. I've done these. Yeah, I think the only thing, the only thing that would really be any kind of spoiler would be. Where we talk about what the the sort of new status quo is, in for the post game, because because this is this is this is Destiny, so this is a game. The game starts when you finish the campaign, essentially. Yeah, that's how people usually word it. Um, I'd and say so, it's just a slightly different experience. It's it's not. I mean, that's not entirely true, but there's. So there, the obviously every, every the one thing everyone knows about Destiny Two, if you've been following it all, is that it opens with your Destiny One status quo being shattered. Yeah, towers destroyed, all your weapons are gone, and they kind of do that to make sure everyone has a clean slate, and also they kind of do that out, out of a sort of necessity because a lot of stuff in the background has changed, like the way. Uh, your stats work, the way power works, like, a lot of it doesn't become so obvious until the end game, but they're doing things, like, it, mechanically it feels very similar, because all the shooting mechanics, the physics engine and everything, like, all of that feels just as smooth and good as before. The AI, in, in some cases, actually gotten even smarter. Um, yeah, I, w I would say so. There's so some improvements there. In a lot of ways, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's just more Destiny, but... The way the game's been designed, you really couldn't have just taken what was in Destiny 1 and brought it right over without a lot of really major reworking. And so, in order, and also because, you know, you have a bunch of people that never played Destiny before, so now they're coming in clean, and while in Destiny 1 they started giving those quick level up tokens, 
you know, you don't want to really, really want to do that with Destiny 2. Like, oh, here's your brand new game. Level up quickly to catch up with everyone that now, had the last one. The one thing I am disappointed about is I had this really cool idea for how they should handle the, the reset in Destiny 2. And that would be to have the first mission you play as your imported character uh, with all of your gear intact and you die. And then you create a new guardian. And what what would be what would could make it work is that there would be selected items from the game that would then be um, like so. For example, like exotics, certain exotics, they would you would change the name of that exotic weapon so that um, such as Galhorn or Hawkmoon. So say 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 like the last well, the one that works really well is the last word. So it's so what it would be is if it were an exotic that you had in the original game when you collect it as your new character it would be the last word of the guardian and it would there would be some kind of perk whether it's visible or otherwise to to sort of make that extra little bonus that you found your 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 previous guardian's weapon Sort of like how see the, you get the, the, the the big problem with this is it relies on basically having a version of every piece of gear that existed in the prior game. Well, no, they they would, which means every permutation, which means. Well, no, it wouldn't be. It, they would like things like the rolls and all that other stuff would have to get thrown out the window. Uh, um, like yeah, you you couldn't have every, and you wouldn't have. Some people would would miss out. Some people, their favorite exotic wasn't, wouldn't have gotten into Destiny 2 or whatever, and and yeah. so it wouldn't have been there. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Let's play anyway. With that what was the my really is. cool. That's my really cool idea. That that was his idea. We'll just leave it at that. We won't put any labels, qualifiers on there. <laughs> I think it would have been fun, and then, eh, maybe, but. I mean, that's the thing. It's a kind of even worse if you play as, like, oh, here's your old character that we just blew up. <laughs> now you well, make then, a new character. One of the things in the lore, if you paid any attention to the lore, there's all these. There's Toland and Saint-14 and all these other characters that died heroically. And you get a little piece of their gear. You get the helm of Saint-14, which was my favorite. So, in other words, you want a chance to play, to have your first guardian be... One of those legendary right, characters. Exactly. They're, they're, they become you're, they become a legendary character. You start fresh. I thought that would have been a cool well, way to handle it. Anyway, if, they if didn't we're going to talk it. woulda, coulda, shoulda, then my preference would have been if they wrote the story as if it were actually an MMO rather than a single player game. And what I mean by that is your character is like the guardian. Like you're the only one that figures out how to get the light back, and you're the only one that can suddenly revive. And not even the Vanguard can revive during the story, at least. And it's like, wait a minute, but then who are all these Guardians that are constantly reviving during the public events? Shh, shh. It's okay. Stop. Don't think too hard. Don't think too hard? No, I want to think, though. I want to think. It's, it's, you just have to, you just have to sh shut out that point and accept that there are some, just like when you played Halo co-op, there was never there was two master chief. Yeah, yeah there was never it was there's not a second um, Mjolnir whatever guy. But that's the thing. The reason why Destiny has all of this open world stuff is because it's supposed to be selling you the conceit that there's all these other guardians. 
Like you, you're not supposed like it's two. It's two different things at at conflict. It's this storyline where you're this great special guardian, but then it's the 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 actual gameplay, including things like the nightfall and the raid, where you're not special. You're just one of many that are going and doing these things. Even though technically you are the one that killed Oryx or the one that killed Crota, like that's. Well, you're not gonna. You, I mean, the simple fact is, you're not going to sell. An MMO shooter that's just an MMO shooter with a plot like an MMO shooter to as many people as you're going to sell. Here is the tightly scripted cinematic campaign of a Halo-like game that you're going that also happens to have an MMO on top. Um, so I'm just going to cut in right now. Uh, apologies for the dog barks. I can't really get rid of all of <laughs> I already, them. I already mentioned the dog. Yeah, but I'm going to edit that out. But I don't edit that out. Why would you edit that out? I explained that there is a dog in the room. But I was planning on editing it out. That's why I have the tabs. Oh. Well, I know you have the tabs, but don't you don't edit this out either. You're I'm gonna... not going to edit this part out because it's too much now. <laughs> oh, this is your fault. It's my um, fault. But yes, there is a dog in the room, and occasionally it uh, it, it 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 yells. So occasionally a leaf may fall from a tree a mile away, and the dog may bark at it. So, <laughs> all right. Um, but no. so let's let's talk. Let's talk the ca let's talk campaign. Campaign. So, so, evidently, there's two routes that Bungie decided to go with uh, Destiny Two. New characters were either as boring as all the others, or they had to become comedic reliefs because everyone loved Cade why so can't, much. Why can't, why can't we just enjoy the campaign? Why does this have to be so critical? Because it's, it's annoys me. Because I miss Varix. Varix was not comic relief. Varix was interesting. You think Varix isn't going to be back? Oh, he's going to be back. It's just, why couldn't we have a new character like that instead of a jerk like Asher or Failsafe, who is essentially more comic relief? But they're all they're all different. And but and also like you do have you still have lots Tell of Tell me one interesting thing about Sloan. Exactly. Sloane is totally boring. So you have a totally boring character. Like, let's, let's list off our totally boring characters here. Zavala, Ikora, Sloane, Shax, Saladin, um, virtually everyone no, else. No, 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 no. I like how Shax talks. Okay, Shax, Shax is funny. And apparently there he are... He always sounds either really pissed off at you or he sounds really proud of you. And most of the time, it's pissed off. Even when you're doing well, it's like, you're not doing good enough. Okay, you know, Shaxx, Shaxx, I will strike Shaxx. Shaxx is perfect. <laughs> and Saladin is Optimus Prime, basically. A really bad, low-budget one. He's a bad, low-budget. He's budget. the go-bot of Optimus Prime. But, but he's basically Optimus Prime when he talks to you. Yeah. Cade 6 would be proud, Guardian. This is, yeah, yeah. That was my best Optimus Prime voice. And it was awful. Transformers. No, back to talking about characters. So anyway, no, but I dis I disagree with Chris here. I think that it Destiny is a game where you shoot a lot of things. Yes, and it's fun to shoot things, and more. I we didn't need more Ikora. We didn't need more Zavala. They they weren't bad characters. They were just kind of boring characters well here's what 
here's the thing about Destiny, and what I think a lot of people didn't understand unless they really got into the lore. Destiny actually has a really interesting story. It's just not interesting with what's going on now. And it still doesn't seem to be the case. Like, everything feels like it's set up for more interesting stuff to happen. Um, if you really get into the lore, like, everyone's actually really hyped for the first uh, expansion pack because it has to deal with a character named Osiris. If you just play the game and don't pay one wit to any of the lore or the, like, brief, constantly repeated dialogue uh, lines dropped by people, you have no clue who Osiris really is. But if once you start getting into the lore, you start finding out all this interesting stuff about the city that he used to work with the speaker, that he actually kind of, you know, I don't want to say rebelled from the speaker, but he went and basically started his own thing. Right. And now there's a lot of theories about what he's going to do. And one of the missions drops real briefly uh, what he's currently stuck doing right now in Destiny 2. But that's the thing. Like, that would be the first really interesting thing to happen except for maybe the end of king's fall where you defeat orcs and what that means for events to come like we're basically in a whole bunch of prologue this is supposed to be after all 10 years of game that were originally planned out and now are probably going to be closer to 12 to 15 given the development length of destiny 2 right well yeah so so yeah there's there's that element of it but part of that element is just that we're getting so so the campaign in Destiny 2 is is a is one standalone story essentially right yes but, it came out of nowhere but within that there are there are threads that point you to a whole bunch of other things that are going on there's threads about well what's going on with the fallen um, yes. What's going on? You know, the Vex. The Vex have been, you know, they're converting. Nessus is one of the, the main areas in the game. They're, they, they converted Nessus, essentially, um, which was where a Golden Age uh, ship crashed with an AI on it that went rampant, essentially. And that's, and you get to have fun interacting with a rampant AI. Um, yeah. I mean, which, you know, old school Bungie heads will appreciate the presence of a rampant AI. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. And that's the thing. A lot of this does feel like classic Bungie, because even like even if you don't have much experience with Marathon, then go to um, just the original Halo. Right. Where the Master Chief's nothing more than a cipher. He's not a character. None of the characters are really characters, but it is a big event-driven story with an interesting setting. And that's what Destiny is. It is an interesting setting where they're trying to create a narrative to carry along the events. But again, like, Destiny starts in the sense that it's a prologue. They want to introduce you to everything. So when the really big stuff occurs, which might not be until Destiny 3 or 4... What do you mean I the mean, really big stuff occurs? Like, the, the Traveler getting captured and this the city that was your home in destiny one getting destroyed that's not the really big I guarantee stuff. you this stuff's gonna look small in the future it's gonna look tiny and that that that's uh, ah but that's the thing like what at the pace that they're doing it they did figure out with destiny 2 to get a little bit back on track and speak a bit more positively 
they needed characters in order to carry you through that story. And while I still think making you the legendary guardian was a um, bad was sort of move. Was the only thing they could have conceivably done to sell the game. I disagree with that, but um, <laughs> like, if you are in, look, if you make the central characters the vanguard leaders, Cade, Ikora, and Zavala, and you are a soldier helping do stuff at different parts of the system, I mean, dude, Call of Duty manages to sell millions of units, and for most of the games, oh, okay, they have changed that, haven't they? Yeah. They do now have the big one guy, even though like. Modern Warfare, the one that sold them, like, all, like, started making Call of Duty the big deal. Also, because people in multiplayer don't really care about a story anyway. But that one, like, Soap McTavish was just a, just a soldier. He wasn't a real character. He was right, just but, a soldier, and so was the U.S. soldier, whose name I forget. Yeah, but, but that's, that's, that's... It's an event-driven story but that's not, but that's, where you follow other characters. But the genre, the, it's not right for the genre, though. The I disagree. Genre, the, the, call, the genre for Call of Duty is it's a it's a war movie, and in war movies you're used to getting the perspective of a grunt. That's how war movies work. Sci-fi guardians epics, are super-powered sci grunts. Sci-fi epics, though, name name a great sci-fi epic that was told from the perspective of uh, a you know movie, or I, I can think of a couple books. But like yeah, Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers is a right. Think of think of think of a movie. Think of some kind of mega blockbuster type thing where the story is told from the perspective of a of a grunt. Off the top of my head, not any time recently. I can't really. Well, I mean, technically, Men in Black. Yeah, but they're the grunts who end up saving the world. Yes, but they're just two agents. That's, yeah, but again... Until the sequels had to make it more than that. But the first one, they're just two agents. Right, but they're... They're still... They're the central characters in the narrative. Being a central protagonist does not mean you have to be Hercules. It does not mean you have to be the biggest, baddest person. It doesn't mean everyone has to look at you and be like, Ah, oh, yes, special character whose ego we need to inflate. We need to make sure everyone knows this is your power fantasy. Like, no, you don't have to sell that. You can actually make, I mean, even though, like, let's face it, you are going to be the one to take down Gaul. You yeah. are going to be the one to do a bunch of these amazing tasks. But make it that you're just, like, there are still other people out there, like, acknowledging that there are other Guardians doing awesome things. And yeah, you happen to be a very skilled, significant one. Because just like in real life, there's a whole bunch of people still wallowing in, like, 150 light level. But just good god stop trying to like make me see, feel special for following the railroad tracks like actually see i'm on the opposite end of this i i feel like the game actually it so one of the, one of the changes to destiny 2 is that you have a silent protagonist in destiny 2 the yeah, she, ghost well i play it as a she but he she has at least some lines of dialogue in the first game and this one yeah, there, there are several, absolutely none yeah it's a it's a true you become a completely silent protagonist in destiny 2 and i think that actually that hurts it a little bit well it's bizarre because it's, like ghost talks for you and it's like no the, this is not this is awkward the character yeah. should be speaking here 
not ghosts. And again, because in the very first game, your character had speaking like you have conversations lines. with the stranger and with the speaker. Like yeah. your character has lines. Not a lot, but you still have lines. But now, yeah, it's like everything's all conveyed through the ghost. So, but and it's like it, it's this weird. So it's like everybody else in the universe can talk, except for you. Uh, and you're the big hero, so just... That was the cost from dropping so far from the city. You, you landed on the ground, you lost your voice box. Apparently. <laughs> and what's funny is, as I feel like they didn't even bother to, like, lampshade some of these things. Um, no. For all of the humor that's injected throughout the game and all the different... Like you were saying, you feel like the, the characterizations are uh, with... Um, Fiance Finasher. Uh, Encade. Yeah, they are overall like a little bit um, too humorous. I feel like, you know, they, man, that would have kind of been like a fourth wall break, but I feel like there could have been, if you're gonna, there's some things that the game really should have poked fun at itself almost, been a little bit aware. If you're gonna be self aware and have a commercial where Cade Six, you know, talks about doing it for the puppies. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. you could afford to... Or for the loot, which a lot of people have issue with. Maybe we'll talk about that with the end game portion. Uh, but, I mean, th th there is some... I mean, I do have to say, like, the opening of the game is really strong. I mean, very reminiscent of Halo 2 in a lot of ways. But it, it's it's serious. It, like, lets you know that the scales... Uh, well, the scale has kind of increased, you know. Like, oh man, things are getting serious kind of a, kind of a deal. But as you go through the story, it feels like, again, it opens so strong. You know, you are without your ghost, you're without all your powers, you are a little, well, you know, forced slow walking segments. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you, you're wandering the wilderness, and it's actually this really strong, atmospheric start to the game where you're not interacting with anyone else. And maybe that's part of my issue. Maybe. The main story should be solo, or only accessible through co-op with friends, and then it starts to put you more on an open world track, where then it starts to put you in the universe with everyone else, and then it becomes populated, because as soon as you get to the point where it's destiny again, the story stops feeling so imperative it stops feeling the, the atmosphere is lost it's gone it just becomes a thing and if you make the mistake that i honestly believe we did which is we co-opt most of the story then you end up missing half the dialogue anyway yeah i, I redid the story um not co-op uh which was which was a good experience for me yeah like that's one of the things that i would actually recommend if you are picking it up on pc or if you haven't picked it up uh, on console yet, but you still plan on it, don't do the story with other players. Do the adventures, do all of the side content, and even then listen out for some of the dialogue if you can, because there is some interesting lore stuff that happens. And definitely but, do the adventures solo. Well, some of them get challenging. So For who? I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> Not everyone is a first-person shooter guy. No, that's that's true. Yeah. I, that's But I mean, like if okay, if you need help do the adventures of co-op, but if you can, 
Because in some ways, it's, it's like doing Halo Legendary or Heroic again. And for me, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. But for some people, it's like, I just want to, you know, relax after work and play a game a little bit. At, le at the very least, I, if you're playing Destiny 2 and you're playing campaign or adventures in co-op, have the have the, the courtesy to shut up during the dialogue. Yeah, it's it's really if you care at all about the story and don't just care about the bubble wrap sensation of popping fallen heads off um, and cabal heads. Yeah, I think fallen heads are my favorite. Um, ooh, no vex vex body shots. Uh, anyway, if it's not just about that, then yeah. Make sure you're you're paying attention and listening and not talking over cutscenes. Yeah, and if you are the friend that's done the missions like 800 times, and, and so honestly, like this is something I'm guilty of as well. So I'm not trying to like single anyone out in our group. Yeah, uh, you know we Steve, had a group of three and we would all talk to. We'd much. all talk to each other. Yeah, and it it ends up being that you end up missing little things. You end up missing, you know, why you might be doing something. So it, in that regard, even though Bungie's put more effort. It doesn't change much of Destiny 1's whole, wait a minute, why are we doing this again? What's my purpose on this planet? Like, what are we yeah. chasing down? Now, the one thing it does have that Destiny 2 did not have in a campaign, it has some really fantastic set pieces. Um, Destiny 1 had a lot of enemy wells, essentially, right? Yeah. Where you go into a room and there's like a whole bunch of enemies. Um, Destiny 2 has vehicle sections. And the, some of the, the mission layout is just better, and the de the design in general is stronger. Um, you have things like um, the final mission, where I'm not going to spoil too much, but you're on a Cabal ship that is, like, in between Mercury and the Sun. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good point. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a really good... That's a really good mission. Uh, they do a lot more... There's just a lot more going on that that makes them memorable. Play, I played through twice. I, I think I played through the original Destiny campaign all the way through twice. Um, and I just, I remember a lot more about Destiny 2. It was just a lot more memorable and more interesting as a yeah. whole. And I will say, like, the final mission of Destiny 2. Like, that's the thing I'll also say. Like, I still don't know why we went into the black garden in destiny one it just happened like okay I'm we here. had to blow up that heart thing we had to kill the vex thing yeah before it killed the traveler um so it's like and that's the thing even now i'm like oh yeah that was the final map wasn't it like you remember the raids more and then uh destiny 2 though like even now it's like yeah man that that final mission had a lot of good stuff to it like that was a good like quote unquote final mission technically the final mission until the uh expansion is the raid Right. Which I don't know if we do. We want to go into that already. Um, the raid, because that's actually like, like I honestly like my overall assessment of Destiny Two is that it is a better game than Destiny One. Yeah. If we, I mean, granted, because a lot of a lot of elite players have been complaining about a lot of things, and there is issue with the end game, but for more casual players that never maxed the light level ever in Destiny One. Destiny 2 was an improvement. Yeah, and I, definitely. I would say, see, I think it's more strongly targeted to where we are. Where I would describe us as casual core, at least with, <laughs> at least with Destiny. Where So in, in Destiny 1, we 
completed all but one raid. And the yeah. one raid we didn't complete, we were at the boss uh, when we had the group, and we just weren't high enough light level. We did several attempts. We had the mechanics. We just, we were like five to ten light too low to really have a handle on that encounter. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. King's Fall and uh, Wrath of the Machine, when we did play them, were really good uh, raids. They they required enough teamwork and communication. If you went into them blind, you could figure them out, but it wasn't overly... Well, Wrath of the Machine wasn't overly complicated, I don't think. No. There's always that little detail you might miss, but for the most part, you could always get a handle on, okay, this is what we got to do. If you played right. like three or four hours in one area and figured it out. Um, but like it, it, it was tough, but you could figure it out. You could do it. And when you did have it figured out, it required enough teamwork, but you never stopped shooting things. You were shooting things. That's why you're playing Destiny. That's what you want to do. Destiny 2's raid, when I first got into it, excited me. Because the, the Leviathan is huge. It's huge from the outside. And it's a completely... It, it's not a linear path. It's... it's And the... the design is really cool. Yes. I had gotten, between Oryx and um, Crota, I had gotten really tired of the Hive yeah. in particular. And Wrath of Machine was cool, but this was this was something totally new. different. It was this it was huge new. opulent, Roman-esque yeah, sort of... Yeah, it doesn't of... look like anything we've seen in Destiny before. No, it really doesn't. Like, and it's actually not at all what you'd expect of the Cabal. No. So it, it is this really interesting uh, area setting. Um, there is one guy that made a good uh, uh, note, note though that nothing about the raid really has anything to do with what the Leviathan itself does, which is eat planets. You don't. There's if you didn't know that fact from lore, then playing the raid you'd think it was just a big palace. Well, there, if you play, if you if you actually do all the stuff leading up to it. There's an adventure. There's some stuff that mentions it, yeah. Well, there's an adventure where it, it gives you pretty good details on on what the Leviathan is. Yeah. Uh, and um, what's sort of like what's going on without giving too many spoilers here. Um, sort of what's going on po between the end of the game and the arrival of the Leviathan. Yeah. And, and all of that. Um, but yeah, it... The thing is, is the, the first encounter is probably the best because we were able to figure it out on our own, blind, and it was all combat focused. But then there are three subsections that we that I've been able to play, and you got to complete those before you fight the boss of the raid. Yeah. And one of those is largely combat focused, but it requires such precise like there's so much going on in that one room. And because people are used to having to puzzle this stuff out, it's very easy to, to 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 convolute the plan when it's actually very simple, or it's very easy to just waste your time coming up with theories that have nothing to do, or like correct methods, kind of a thing. Right. Um, and so, it's also what it's what it's an issue of too. It's there's a lot of it's precision. Um, mm -hmm. There's, there's a much higher degree of precision, which isn't necessarily fun. Yeah. Like, it's fun to figure out, okay, um, like taking one of the parts that took me a little longer on the Taken King raid, 
where you have you got a cleanse in the center, um, and then there's there's stations on each side that you need to get the buff. You remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I that. That's honestly my favorite part of that raid. Right, but so which is funny because I must have done it eight hundred times and kept dying, and yet it's still really fun. And because it's a challenge. It's a genuine challenge. Right, and there are there are things that can happen that will sink your attempt, but there's a lot that can go wrong, and there's a lot of leeway where it still it still works and it's still fun. And it, you have room for one screw up. Yeah, basically you have room. Whereas this is like there's yeah. there's a lot of wipes. Everything everything wipes. Somebody dies. And you don't revive them in time. Wipe. Somebody shot the wrong thing. You have limited revives. You have limited wipe. revives. So you may as well wipe in some instances. Yeah. So it, 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 and the thing is, like, the one that I said that was mostly combat focused, okay, yeah, that's fine once you figure out what, you, what to do. But then there's what's called the gauntlet, and then there's the gardens, and both, like, the gardens is the worst one because it, it essentially takes the worst part of Vault of Glass and embellishes it like adds more to it to make it even more of a pain so you have to be able to get six people together and if any one of you is in some way like not very good like if you are if you're trying to take a player that's lower level and trying to lead them through and this is what again some of the higher level people do because a lot of higher level people like to at least shepherd uh sherpa sherpa shepherd whatever um lower level players do this stuff but it becomes a pain in the butt for everyone because that person now becomes a liability and also this is actually I think of, of all the raids I think that this is the worst raid to have tried to launch this guided games feature with yes because my my experience with it so far is that if anybody is is slacking off and some of the stuff is just basics like if you don't have your basics down you're you're going if you don't have six people who at least have their basics down who are competent players with a high enough light level you're not going to make it through you can't yeah. have you can't have one guy who is slacking off who who dies a few times and gets revived He's going to ruin the whole thing for everybody. That's the thing. Half the people I know playing uh, Destiny is only good to play during weeknights, which means half of my, the other half of my friends are asleep or need to go to bed. And then that half that's good during the weekend, during the daytime, is like the other guys aren't available. And this is actually kind of contradicts my previous point, where I think that the end game of Destiny 2, up, accepting the raid, is really well designed for for people in in my sort of situation. What I what I was called before is casual core. That I have enough time every week to log on, run some Crucible, finish my call to arms, uh, finish. These my are all little weekly. Yeah, there's there's all these weekly things. Um, there's there's a Crucible, a weekly Crucible challenge. It's that PVP gets, basically. Yeah. It's a PVP challenge. There's. I assume that um, yeah. Like you know the public events where a whole bunch of people just go. Right. And so there's kill basically stuff. yeah. So basically what it is there's a every week to get more powerful to guarantee more powerful gear drops, you can do there's a there's a public event challenge which is a 
you know, single player, player versus enemy challenge. There's a PvP challenge. There is the Nightfall Strike. And there is the Raid. Um, those are the four things you can do. So every week, without fail, I've, you know, gotten two out of four. Most of the weeks, I've actually gotten three out of four. But, so I think everything, but the raid itself is not well designed for To better that. detail, to better detail, actually. Because um, you and I, especially for most of Destiny 1, we were basically playing with each other with, like, usually someone else dropping in, usually yeah. Nolan. But, um... For the most part, it was us two regularly, like Thursday night was Destiny night. And when a new expansion came out, it was great because there's plenty of content to roll through, plenty of rewards, but we always hit a point where we needed to start doing Nightfalls or we needed to start doing the raids. And we did not have enough time, so logging in weekly during every weekly refresh was essentially pointless for us unless we could find the time to do, the, like, to do this more complicated stuff. And we couldn't always find the play, uh, the other players. And part of this is because we try and find other players, and they were already ahead of us. They were already, right. like, they'd already done the raid like five times and were raided out. Yeah. So we 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 hit a we, we hit like brick walls and stuff like that. And in Destiny Two, you don't hit that brick wall. If you can't do like the the reason right. to do the raid is to do the raid. And part of me still wants to do it, and of course they do have raid exclusive gear. But if you want to hit that max light level, you never have to touch the raid, or the, even the nightfall. You can you log in every week. You, you do, do public some, events. You do your base the basic so stuff. Even if you don't like PvP, even if you don't like PvP, all you need to do is public events. You'll go really slowly, mm -hmm. but once a week, log in, play two or three hours. Boom! There you go. You've made progress. And so. And what I think this kind of flips to is I feel like the the really hardcore players are complaining sort of about the opposite end of it, that this doesn't work as well for them. There's one thing I will concede on and agree with them, and that is that there is less customization in Destiny 2. Yes. And a lot of this is because they, 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 they built the game for a more balanced player versus player experience. Which that's that's its own. I think it's a combination of it's a more balanced player versus player, and it's a less intimidating casual experience. I actually would also say yeah, that that makes sense because if you get a gun, you can change its sights and you can change how big the magazine size is or reload speed. Like yeah, there's, and that's it. Yeah, there's there's less the gun trees in Destiny One. You would have like three options for your sight, and you would have multiple options you'd have like five options four or five options to choose from okay do i want the high caliber rounds yeah. or each gun in this seems to have like a sight and then one other adjustable option yeah and destiny one maybe and destiny one um your perks were largely random especially on your legendary weapons you had a lot of random perks um and so you would get for those of you familiar you'd get a god roll gun which is something like, you know, a shotgun that had perks that reduced the spread and increased the range. So you're getting one hit kills with shotguns from across the room. That kind of thing. Yeah. Where that's all been removed. So if I get um, Invective, which was my favorite shotgun, and I know it's not that great in the meta for all you hardcore people listening, but whatever. <laughs> I loved Invective. But like, 
So if I get an invective in Destiny 2, which doesn't exist yet, curse them. Um, animals are attacking us, by the way, while we're yeah, talking. this came um, out of nowhere. Uh, oh, cat, why are you going to be near me? <laughs> oh, so, I do not like cats up all on my grill. Um, like I was saying, the if you get an invective in Destiny 2, it's just an invective. In Destiny 1, it could be an Watch invective out, with some great perk out of nowhere that nobody else has rolled because they're all totally random. Um, so, uh, so that element of, of sort of needing to grind to get all sorts of different varieties of weapons in hopes of getting the, the one perfect, perfect... There's a cat right in front of me right now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the one perfect roll on it. This is why I do not like animals. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is that's all been eliminated, and then on the other end, your your subclass character customization. There were a lot of options in Destiny One, and everything was tweakable. In Destiny Two, they essentially give you two builds for each subclass, and you can't you can't waver from that. You can't mix and match and say, you know, I want this melee ability. But I want this other ability. Yeah. It's, no, it's... You have very specific builds. Yeah, that's... And, I, again, like, for, the reason why I say I think it's balanced for PvP is because this allows them greater control over what the scenario... And, again, it's for casuals in some ways. Because it was very easy for a casual to roll into the Crucible and someone's got their min-maxed build with their godly shotgun. And, you know, they, they're just playing for the first time. And they get wiped. And most games will always have that um, that that learning curve. You're always going to get you know wiped out your first time. But Destiny ended up being a bit Call of Duty or Counter Strike, where if you weren't playing for years, then there wasn't even a learning curve. It was a wall. Yeah. So yeah, you you eliminate a lot of this learning curve and a lot of these difficulties where. Uh, a new player comes in and they say, you know, these, these guns were great in the campaign and they've got, you know, some crappy hand cannon and a scout rifle or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they come into to Crucible and just get wrecked. Um, R-E-K-T. And uh, it wasn't wasn't fun. Well, here's the irony, I think, of it. Is, I th is the only change they really needed to make and is why I th and I think this is one of the reasons people find it boring but I think it's actually one of the reasons that actually that that has helped me enjoy crucible more the um the move of shotgun and sniper into what's called power weapons which in previous games that was your heavy weapons that was your heavy machine gun that was your fusion rifle that was your rocket launcher. And just rocket launchers and heavy machine guns. Oh, and really? swords, yeah. Oh, yeah, fusion, fusion rifle rifles were a special. Or a special weapon, yeah. Now all, like, fusion rifles are also a power, right? Yes, fusion rifles. So what they yeah. they moved they all your one-hit kill weapons... Into power, where you need the power ammo. And that only drops every so often, and once you die, right. all that ammo goes away. And they've also, so, they've balanced it a little bit, too, by giving, like... I have an exotic rocket launcher that shoots a billion projectiles out in every direction and kills everything within like a 500 foot radius. Um, I get one shot for that. But yeah, yeah. if I if I get a shotgun, I get a full clip for my shotgun, which is like five shots. Yeah. Um, so they they balance that a little bit too, where 
But in, in well, Destiny well, 1, well, when you were doing it, in Destiny 1, you could have a, you know, an auto rifle, a basic machine gun, then you could have a shotgun, then you could have a rocket launcher. Yeah, or you could have a sniper rifle. A sniper, yeah. Thing. In, um, De- and that's the thing, in Destiny 2, everything's now mid-range weapons. Yeah. Like, you might be able to have one of the special assault rifles or something like that, or you might have a scout rifle with a really good range, but for the most part, the range is largely mid, mid middle. It's not you're not long range. You're not getting shot from across the map like you are with a sniper rifle. Yeah, that's and you're not getting annihilated up close like you are with a shotgun unless the other team got power ammo. But they aren't going to be able to just roll with that the entire match. Like they aren't going to be able to dominate. And actually, I have to say, I really, I en- really enjoy the changes they've made for PvP, and I think. Because you can say, you've probably already played more PvP in Destiny 2 than you ever played in Destiny 1, practically. Well, towards the end, I did do the Iron Banner a lot, and I never really had fun with it. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. Like, we, we, we had a decent night playing Iron Banner, but I think one of the reasons, because, again, like, for all the reasons that I like it, because it, 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 it did bring, like, again, it's all mid-range, and while... Someone might be really good with a scout rifle, and I got less range because I'm an auto rifle. They're not going to have the same advantage as if they're across the map and have a sniper rifle. Right. And that's where, for, for a lot of people, I think it makes... Because your, your tactical decisions have been reduced. You are only playing a certain way with certain weapons... And that's why a lot of people, like, when they talk about the PvP, it's boring. Also, a lot of people complain that it's only four players. The funny thing is, with four players, being at the bottom of the barrel is no longer so low as it was before. Except that one match. Where I was at the bottom of the barrel, yes, I did awful. But no, the thing is, like, even when you saw the difference between the rest of us, it wasn't that much. We all kind of sucked as a team that match. Except for when I had 17 and... Oh, yes, shut up. Anyway... Uh, but we're 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 but that, that's we're, kind we're of the digressing thing. here because I have to make fun of Chris for being bad at uh, <laughs> at all these things. I was top of the game for one of the matches though when Steve was like towards the bottom. Yeah, but it was like that was a game where the the kills were like 17, 16, 15, 15 or something like that. Nah, it doesn't matter. Kill death ratio was still better than everyone else. No, 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 no. no. Ah. But what it's really turned the Crucible into, it's like you said, it's a mid-range game, and it's. 100% a team game where yeah. if you are separated from your team you are going to die yeah unless everyone is divided from the team in which case it's kind of a luck especially since Iron Banner is control right now yeah and that means everyone's trying to find zones like if you spread out and just do deathmatch well I mean you, you don't know I mean maybe you'll have a chance but yeah. for the most part it is all about sticking together as a unit and, that's, and that might be one of the I mean that when you think about the raid I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they just want people to work as a team more because the whole fire team angle is one of the big things about how they approach Destiny. It's one of the big things about the design. No, they don't want you to play alone. Yeah, but the raid is designed to make you never want to talk to your friends again if you're yeah. going blind. Uh, yeah. But no, I'll agree. And that, again, like Leviathan at this point, like, I mean, I want to complete it, but I don't. This is the first time I've ever really not wanted to do it. Like, I want to complete the raid just because I hate it. Yeah, I just if that it. makes sense. Like it's a matter of pride. It's like I do it once, but I like I'll do it once, 
And then I'm going to sit here, firstly praying that the uh, first expansion has a much better raid. And then I'm going to sit here praying that they're working on bringing old... Bring over old Destiny content, because I'd just rather play King's Fall or Wrath of the Machine again. Oh, that's or, not going to happen. Honestly, I'd even take Vault of Glass, but Crota, Crota, Crota's boring. Yeah, we can, we we can, can live do without Crota. We can live without Crota. But, I mean, the others, like, I, I would... Uh, yeah. uh, I, it's not going to happen, but that would that would be kind of fun uh, with the new out. But I... I'm largely, um, I think that the the core changes are are 90% positive. I think that there are a couple things that could be patched out or expansioned out or expansioned in that would be better. Um, I'd like to see more, I was hoping to see some exotic weapons that, um, like, uh, what was it? Universal Remote in Destiny 1. Did you ever get Universal Remote? I might have, and I'm not sure. What kind of weapon was it? It was a primary shotgun. Oh. Your head just exploded. No, 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 no. I've heard about it, though. Yeah, so... so I never I, got it, but I heard about it. The way that they reshuffle the weapons, it would have been... That's something interesting they could have done, is is bring back a, a Universal Remote-type weapon that, that bridges over and lets you carry... I, I'm a shotgun person. It doesn't matter if it's the shotgun's useless in a game. I have a shotgun equipped. Any shooter. <laughs> does not matter. I will roll into Counter-Strike and die a million times with my shotgun. Because I like shotguns. So I would just love to have things like that. Um, like exotics that, that play with the, the status quo a little bit. They'll let you do something a little bit outside of the box. Um, where so far the exotics are kind of mostly lame. Like, it's a really nice, like, it's an exotic rocket launcher. It's just like a really nice rocket launcher. Or, I'm not even sure I have an exotic grenade launcher. It's not. I don't know. And I could, or I what's it? Oh, it was, what's, there's, a, there's an exotic pulse roll. It shoots five bullets instead of three. <laughs> like no, that's actually where a lot of people, and that's another one of the big complaints a lot of end game players have is the, the the variety of loot and what it does, and part of that is something that was happening since Destiny One. I'm sorry, like a lot of people like keep talking about you know when they first got Gallahorn or Hawkmoon or I don't know whatever the big ones were in vanilla Destiny, and then as the expansions went on, people kind of stopped talking about the different exotics. Or at least not as much. Like everyone was always looking for the next Gallahorn or the next whatever right. the big ones were, and I don't think they ever released an exotic that ever matched. And that's why towards the end they redesigned a bunch of those old exotics and released them again, even though they weren't as broken. I will say, um, yeah. But that's that's with the with with Destiny Two. It's not much different from how the end of Destiny there's, was, you know, where there's no real like special exotics. But the thing is, and that's without not... the customization, exotics drop often enough that basically, if you already had that version of an exotic, you're just scrapping it, and it's no longer as special. But it's yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's just the weapons in general aren't as interesting, and it's and the ones that are interesting um, that they're. Their roles were just good. Like, their, their, their design was good. Like, Nameless Midnight, for example. 
a scout rifle that's basically a, a Mita multi-tool with exploding <laughs> rounds. Um, like, it's just, everybody has it. And so it's not... It's not unique. It's not like it's that fun. It's not like you got this cool roll on a scout rifle that shoots fast and has exploding rounds and has good range. It's just that's the gun that everybody who got that drop or picked that weapon when Zavala was offering quest rewards got that weapon. And again, I have to wonder if this is because they were just trying to make weapons that were casual-friendly PvP. In that regard, though, all I can think is maybe what they really should have done was... And I've wondered this about the... Like, my first impression of the original Destiny was... Crucible gear, like what you got from Shax, was gear you could only use in Crucible. And honestly, maybe what they should have done was literally divide PvE and PvP gear. Because that way they could balance them for two different playstyles. That's interesting. Just I But see, I feel like my best with a couple exceptions, all of my I don't change my gear for Crucible. Like Origin Story, that's my favorite PVE assault rifle. That's I don't, also I, my I don't favorite change it either. But PVP that, well, assault rifle. The thing is, with this format, all you'd need is to have a separate screen with a different build, and it would automatically detect which is yeah. which. See, I actually think I'm gonna I'm gonna oppose that, and I'm going to say I think that the the random perks were more of a benefit in PvP, in the Crucible, than they ever were in the campaign. Oh yeah, definitely. But and that's so by, again one of the reasons they removed them. But I'm saying, so I'm maybe, saying they, they never even mattered. So taking away the random perks, they never really mattered in the campaign. Sort of. Because, well because- And maybe that's the thing, maybe even if you just made it okay, we're going to have only base stats for Crucible of all of these weapons, so you get rid of some of those random perks, then people are still complaining. Because unless maybe that's what Iron Banner does, it introduces those perks, or the Trials of the Nine, it introduces those perks. Eh, I don't know. I, I just make those make make like these special events for competitive, hardcore PvP players, and then make it like for regular crew. Like it, the thing is, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. De uh, Bungie wants to appeal to as wide a market as possible. And only like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna say 15% of the player base is already at 305. And that's generous. That's generous numbers. Generously high or generously low? I, I don't think I don't think 15. Only only like one in five players or something like that have completed the raid. Which I, doesn't mean well, like, it doesn't know, but but. If you're not completing, I, I know this because I, of my own personal character, if you're not completing the raid in the nightfall every week, you're not 305. People who, people who are completing the, I'm, because I am... Well, one of five will be 20%. So that would actually be higher than my That means have, have, completed, have completed the raid at all. Oh, have completed the raid, okay. So I'm saying if you're 305 right now, you, you think it's more five to 10%? Yeah, if you're 305 right now, you have been completing all four um, powerful gear quests every week, or, may, or, or maybe missed one. Now, like five, maybe? missed one or two a week. That you're pretty much 
Um, I mean, technically, if we really wanted to do this, we'd just check the trophies on PlayStation Network and see how many completed certain things. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's true. But, but I, I'm saying, I, I don't, I think you're, I think you're being too but generous. To, to, to the, well, that's the thing. I, I'm trying to give a generous figure because there's an awful lot of people on Reddit that are complaining. But uh, regardless of whether you hit max or not, like, that's the thing. Like, the, the, the majority of players, I think think Destiny 2 will be a better experience because they might have even fallen off already and started playing the next game um, that, that came out. I mean, I know I'm going back and forth. I'm still playing a right. bunch of stuff. Uh, Destiny 2 is not my main game anymore that I'm constantly spinning up. So it's, it's just a matter of like, you know, people's attention span and how large is that group, and especially because... You don't want to sell season passes to just, again, generous number, 15% of your player base. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a money game. And it's also just a, it's what game are you making? Are you making the, the raid is, and, you know, at least the first time through. Oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to break one of your rules. But, you know, the, the raid is... I won't break the rule. The raid is old school hard the first time through. Okay, I know it's, what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Nintendo hard. The first the, the first time people are going through the raid, that's that's what that's what it is. It kind of also always has... Oh, wait, you know what? Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot more stuff that's more equivalent to that damn burden in Jigaiden yeah. than actual well-designed hard. And Well, it's not just that. It's that when once on week six or whatever we're on when now a lot of people are 300 305 etc the just the average mooks in the raid that you're mowing down go down a lot easier than they did when you were 280 for your first attempt on the raid more like 260 or whatever it was yeah whatever you're 260 you're 45 power level higher so it's just easier because all everyone is is more powerful characters and it's easier because you watched all the videos on YouTube to yeah. find the optimized <laughs> strategy but so my point is you're not going to make a mega blockbuster if the majority of the post game content is Nintendo hard um, if you play a campaign and then it's like now for welcome to die um, you know so I mean I guess to wrap up I mean that's the thing For th that's the only thing I would say when it comes to actual well okay two things strikes are kind of like we had no reason to do the strike playlist it's actually the exact opposite of how Destiny 1 was where we barely ever touched the Nightfall if we ever did it at all you and know, we actually I think we, we missed out on the strikes kind of because the well, by the time we were done the story, we were already leveled. We but, wouldn't get any any good gear from doing strikes. But it would have, it would have. What did the strikes do? Is quickly raise your what do we call it, the soft cap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, your yeah. so so just a real quick to to explain what's going on. There are various factions and characters throughout the game who you collect tokens or resources for them, and they give you engrams. Which then turn into weapons or armor. Tokens, basically, yeah. yeah. They give you things. That and, and so, but that drops, that is capped 
separately, that's capped differently than how other things are. And it's an incremental process of raising the cap that, that those things drop at, essentially. I'm gonna be honest, the soft cap is a nice idea, but it still sucks. Right, and so what it ended up doing though, is if you were getting what are called powerful rewards, which drop at an interval higher than your actual power level, rather than being limited by sort of an arbitrary thing, um, this you basically start getting rewards that are 10, 15 light levels higher than your soft cap. And so collecting soft cap rewards, which you would do th by doing strikes and other things, becomes kind of useless. Yeah. Anyways, we got to wrap this up. I've got a lot to edit already. And, um, hey, dog, you're going to bark again? Shut up. Your wife's going to be home too. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall assessment of Destiny 2 is that I do like it better. There are, there's room to grow. Yeah. Make strikes more use, more, more purposeful. If a, um, give them their own, like, uh, weekly reward. Like, give, like, just do, like, I don't know, like three flash uh, fla uh, strikes, Something. flash points. Yeah. If here's this is what I'll say. If a year from now, Destiny Two is as much better than uh, than it Destiny was in launch was than Destiny was King. then. Yeah. Then then we, this is going to be you know knocked out of the park. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, it's it's a really it's a great game. It's a lot of fun to play. Um, the the core shooting is is tight. And satisfying. I mean, let's just hope that the first expansion isn't as disappointing as the Dark Below. Yes. So, and with that, um, I, I mean, again, we're both still playing. We're both going to keep playing. I mean, really, what, what, what we're doing is... I'm literally is, going to play as soon as we hang up this call. Not so, hang up this call. Yeah, yeah. so, um, basically, we're just, we're just spoiled kids bitching that the perfect burger wasn't as perfect as we want it to be. So lettuce um, was a little, uh, yeah, it was like two minutes old. So, <laughs> um, anyways, Destiny was good. Destiny Two is good. Don't listen to all the diehards that are saying it, like, because that's what gets me. Okay, the game has flaws. It is not objectively worse than Destiny One was, especially at launch. So Destiny Two is good. You'll have fun, um, especially if you're not the kind of person to put like three thousand hours in a week. Um, Play with friends. Play with friends. Don't play with but friends. Don't play the don't play the story with friends, because they'll just talk over. And just they need to shut up. But I think we're good. I think, um, I think that's it. So thanks for listening to A Steve. Have a good night, everyone. Good night.